Hello, and welcome to today's show, Legacy Living, Make Your Life Count. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria, Gloria Burgess, international leadership expert and trusted advisor. Welcome to Legacy Living, Make Your Life Count. I am so delighted that you join me today. Our topic is sowing and reaping. So what do we mean by sowing and reaping? Well, it means a lot of different things, but today I want to focus on this one in particular. What we sow, we will reap. Now, most of us have heard something like this before, right? We reap what we sow. What we sow, we will reap. So what's my point? It's very simple. Be careful. Be very, very careful and mindful about what you sow. Because whatever seeds we sow, whatever seeds we plant, whatever seeds we cast into the wind, we will reap the harvest of those seeds, those ideas, those thoughts that come into our consciousness and that flow out of our mouth. Now, I'll share more about sowing and reaping in just a few moments. Right now, I want to take just a moment to welcome you. If you're just joining us, I'm your host, Dr. Gloria, Gloria Burgess, and this is Legacy Living, Make Your Life Count. I want to extend a very special welcome to those of you who are joining Talk Network Radio for the very first time. You are in for a real treat. I'm excited to have you listening in today, and I'm deeply honored that you've allowed me to be part of your day so you can be inspired by ideas and resources to make your life count. Now, Today's program is all about sowing and reaping, and what a perfect topic for today. Where I live, in the Pacific Northwest of the United States, gardeners who want to have anything to harvest must be very deliberate, very intentional about planting seeds at just the right time, so those seeds will germinate and grow. Now, in my family, my parents taught me and my sisters to be grateful for the presence, just the simple presence of family. In fact, we thought of family members as a present, as a gift. Now, don't get me wrong. We certainly had our differences. I mean, what family doesn't, right? But when we gathered together as a family, we set our differences aside. I'm so grateful that my family had great spiritual wealth. We didn't have much money, but we had a whole lot of honey <laughs> for one another. So when we gathered around the table for our family meal, we rejoiced in one another. We rejoiced by counting our blessings, and we rejoiced in God, of course, the provider of all of our blessings. Just like most things in life, it's important to understand what sowing and reaping is all about. It's important to understand what it is and why it's significant, especially in our gotta have it right here, right now culture. 
Today, we are so accustomed, so used to instant, right? We have to have everything immediately in an instant. We have instant coffee, instant tea, instant soup, instant meals for all kinds of food, right? You can even order pre-order your fast food. So it's hot, ready, waiting, and paid for. <laughs> so you can make an instant getaway. We have same-day delivery. So you no longer have to wait for several days for standard shipping. We have instant communication. So what you say to a friend or an audience can be streamed live. Everybody has something, something that they desire, a dream, a project, a goal. Everybody has something that they want. We all do. So what do you want? Do you want a, a new job, a new career, better health, more money, more friends? Perhaps you want to change your friends, change who you spend your valuable time with. Maybe you want a better relationship with your husband or wife or parents or sister or brother. Or maybe you haven't seen a friend in a long, long time and you want to reach out to them. Maybe you want a new car or a new apartment or a new home. Maybe your kids are grown up and you want to move into a smaller home. Or perhaps you have several small children and you simply want peace of mind. A few hours a day that you can call your own. A few hours a week where you can have an adult conversation. Now what I'm sharing with you today is about sowing and reaping. And what I'm sharing will help you understand how to get whatever you happen to want in your life. So whatever it is you want, it will help you get from where you are now, point A, to where you want to go, point B. In other words, it will help you get from here to there. Sowing and reaping. You reap what you sow. You get out whatever you put in. Now you invest so you can earn. You study so you can learn. You manifest the fruits of your labors. You plant trees today so you will have shade tomorrow. However you say it, however you express it, this is what we call sowing and reaping. Now, did you know that today is the mother of tomorrow? Yes, let me say that again. Today is the mother of tomorrow. In other words, what we think about today, we will give birth to tomorrow or next week or next month or next year or maybe two or five years down the road. How we live today shapes our tomorrow. How we live our life is called personal leadership. Now, if you've been listening to my podcast or if you've heard me speak before, maybe give a keynote or teach or whatever, maybe you've read one of my books or taken one of my courses, you've heard me say this before. Personal leadership is all about the choices and decisions you make about your life. Personal leadership is about the choices and decisions you make about everything, right? So here's what I know. You are what you eat. That's right. You are what you eat. 
And this applies not only to your physical health, right? It also applies to your choices and decisions. So again, choose and decide wisely. Did you know that you are the sum total of what you consume and the people that you hang out with, the people you interact with, the people you spend time with? So again, be mindful, be thoughtful, be choiceful about who and what you listen to, about the books and magazines you read, about what you watch on TV or on the internet or in the movies, right? Be mindful and thoughtful and choiceful about the images and photographs that you have in your home and your office, and about what you post on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or TikTok, right? About who and what you allow people to post on your timeline. Be mindful, be thoughtful, and be choiceful about who you spend time with in your personal and your professional life. Who you are in your daily life informs and shapes you as a leader more than any other single factor. Now, why is that? Because how you live is how you lead. How you live is actually how you do everything. Lead, parent, work, community service, your interactions with family and friends, everything. Now, who you are is comprised of your values, attitudes, and beliefs. Your values, attitudes, and beliefs shape your character. And your character drives your choices, affecting who and what you allow into your field of attention. Your values, attitudes, and beliefs also shape how you lead, not to mention who will follow you or who will want to reach out to you or to collaborate with you. Sowing and reaping. It's all about the seeds we sow because what we sow is what we will harvest. Author Annie Dillard reminds us, how we spend our days is how we spend our lives. My friend and mentor John Maxwell says it this way, today matters. You got that? (laughs) If not, I'll say it again. Grab something to write with and be sure to write this down. Today matters. Two words, two very simple words. Today matters. Those two simple words are powerful words. They are mighty words. I love them. Today matters because when you think about it, that's really what legacy living is all about. It's about living with purpose and intention today so that you have authority over tomorrow. If you want something to happen in your life, you must give out something today. You must put something out there, right? You must sow and plant seeds today. If you want to go to college, to build a business, to have better relationships, better health, to have children who grow up to be caring, compassionate, responsible citizens. To have what we want tomorrow, we must be 
purposeful and intentional about sowing the seeds today so we can reap the harvest of our efforts tomorrow. What we sow, we will reap. Living with purpose and intention today assures us that we will have authority and dominion over tomorrow. Who and what we are today is the direct result of who we have been spending time with, what we've been reading, the images that we've allowed into our consciousness, what we've been thinking, what we've been consuming, eating, and drinking, and paying attention to, even those people, those opportunities we have neglected, all of the people and things and events that we have allowed into our life have shaped us. They have formed us into who we are today. If we've made wise choices, wise decisions, lived wisely yesterday, we will reap the fruits of yesterday's labors today, and we will harvest that wisdom to make wise choices and decisions today and in the future. If, for instance, we have invested wisely in our health, our relationships, our finances, we will see the fruits. We will see the benefits, the results of those investments today and for months and years to come. How will we know? Well, <laughs> we will have strong bodies, solid relationships, and a strong, sure financial footing. Just like the story about the ant and the grasshopper, the folks who invest wisely today will have plenty tomorrow, just like the industrious ant. But if you're careless, if you are reckless, if you are spendthrift, if you spend everything you have today, or if you're idle and don't do any work, if you don't do anything to store up for the months ahead, you will come up short, just like the grasshopper. You will have little or nothing in the future. Why? Because you reap what you sow. If you sow nothing, you will have nothing to reap. If we do as little as we possibly can to get by, or if we do nothing at all, guess what? When tomorrow comes, and it will come, we will have little or nothing because we have made the choice. We have decided not to sow. Therefore, we will have nothing to reap. The law of sowing and reaping applies to so many areas of our lives, doesn't it? It applies to ourselves. Maybe you're developing a new skill or new knowledge or new awareness. Maybe you're focused on improving some aspect of your life, your fitness, your finances, your marriage. It applies to our relationships, our relationships with everyone, our spouse, our sisters, our brothers, our parents. Or perhaps, you know, you're raising young children. Or perhaps your children are now grown and you have an empty house or an empty nest. Sowing and reaping applies not only to ourselves and our family life, it also applies to our work, to our teams, our staff, our boss, our board, our organization, 
Whether you're working as an entrepreneur like me, or you work for a corporation, a nonprofit, the government, an NGO, a school, a church. Maybe you're a project manager. Maybe you plan events, conferences, programs. Or perhaps you work in healthcare as a doctor or nurse or a physician's assistant. Maybe you're planning a garden or building a home or planning a wedding or a bar mitzvah. Or maybe you're planning a meal for your family. The law of sowing and reaping applies. Now, I want to take a closer look at sowing and reaping. There's actually a law about reaping. That's right. A law just about the harvest. This law is all about actions and consequences. This law says, you harvest what you sow. It also says you harvest what you sow in kind. And this law also says you harvest more than you sow. Okay? So that's what the law of the harvest says. Again, this law is about actions and consequences, about cause and effect. In fact, some folks refer to the law of the reaping, the law of the harvest, as the law of cause and effect. But I like the law of the harvest because that's from God. And I'm going to use the language from his word, which is all about harvest. Now, there are lots of interpretations, both negative and positive interpretations of this law. So I'm going to focus on the positive, okay? So today we'll shine the light on the positive interpretations of this important law. This law says that no matter where you live, if you plant seeds in good soil, and if you tend to those seeds with loving care, you can and will have a harvest. But what kind of harvest? Well, that's the question, isn't it? As I mentioned earlier, the law of the harvest says these three things. Now, they sound similar, but they're very different. Okay, so write these down, and then I'm going to say a little bit more about each one of them. The first thing this law says is you harvest what you sow. Number two you harvest what you sow in kind. And then number three, you harvest more than you sow. So let's look at each of these parts of the law. First of all, you harvest what you sow. Now this part of the law says that whatever you plant, okay, whatever you put in the ground, whatever you water and nurture, whatever you put out there into the world in terms of your ideas, your books, your teachings, your whatever that happens to be, right? Building a team, okay? All of those things that you put out there come back to you. So this is a very basic understanding, a very basic aspect of the law. The second aspect of the law is you harvest what you sow in kind. Okay, now this part of the law is more specific. So the first part says that what you plant will come back to you. This part of the law says 
that not only will it come back to you, but what you sow, what you plant, what you put out there will come back to you in kind. This simply means that if you want to harvest potatoes, then you plant potato seeds, right? If you want to harvest pumpkins, then you have to plant pumpkin seeds. If you want love, then you sow the seeds of love. You offer someone a hand. You offer someone the encouragement of your warm smile or words of edification and upliftment and encouragement. What you put out into the world will come back to you. What you say to a coworker or your child or a team member or your parent or a friend or a neighbor will come back to you in kind. So you must be deliberate, thoughtful, and intentional about what you put out there because the essence of what you sow will definitely come back to you. Now, listen to me very closely. I want you to hear this. What you put out to a particular person may not come back to you from that person. In fact, it is very likely to come from or through somebody else, right? And what you put out there may not come back to you today or tomorrow or the next day or whenever you might be expecting it. But let me tell you, it will come back It will come back to you in some future time, some future moment, perhaps from a total stranger. And when that harvest of what you put out does come in, because it will come, it will come back to you in kind. Okay, so the essence will come back to you. And the key is to be intentional. Now, the third aspect of this law is that you harvest more than you sow. This means that your harvest will yield a bigger crop than the number of seeds that you plant. Okay, I'm going to repeat that. This means that your harvest will yield a bigger crop than the actual number of seeds you plant the actual number of ideas or words or resources that you sow. For example, if I plant a carrot seed, right, just one little seed, I won't just reap a single carrot, right? I'm going to have a harvest of a whole bunch of carrots from one tiny little seeds. Now, who knows how many carrots will be in that bunch, but we know it will be much more than a single carrot, right? If I plant an avocado seed in the right soil with the right conditions and I nurture that avocado seed or somebody comes behind me and nurtures that seed, guess what? That one avocado seed will grow into an avocado tree, a tree. And the yield the production of that avocado tree will be much, much more than a single avocado seed. Okay, the seed that I planted. Now, this is the basic concept in my work with leaders. When I sow into them, when I sow into leaders, 
I'm also sowing into people who sow into other leaders around them. Okay, so that my sowing reaps a harvest in the tens or scores or hundreds or thousands of other leaders that will be impacted. All right. So let's talk about timing. We reap the harvest of what we sow in a different season, at a different time, in other words, right, than we actually sow. In other words, if we sow in one season, at one time of the year, we will harvest in another season. Sometimes the period between sowing and reaping is huge. It's immense. Sometimes it's very, very long. Sometimes it's not so long at all. As my favorite book tells us, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. So much more. I just love this passage from Ecclesiastes. What Solomon is saying to us is that for everything and anything you can possibly imagine, that you can possibly think of and do in your life, there is a time for it. Right? Farmers know this. Gardeners know this. Politicians know this. Actors know this. Doctors know this. Teachers know this. Parents know this. Children know this. Leaders know this. Everything has its own time. And everything has its own timing or season. So what we sow in one season, we will reap the harvest of that sowing in another season. Years ago, when I was first starting out in my career in IT, I was a project manager and I loved my work. I, I think I, I really loved being in charge of people. <laughs> I just like being in charge, let's just be clear. <laughs> so I loved being in charge of people, the process, and I loved saying no to the engineers who wanted to add just one more feature to the product, right? Of course, they would always say, we can do this, right? We just need to add a few more people to your team to get it done. Or maybe we can increase your budget, give you more money so you can pay the people you already have more. Or maybe we can just buy you more equipment or whatever, right? And I would calmly listen to their request. Then just as calmly point out that more people would actually add more time because the learning curve was way too steep, right? And I'd also point out that more money for the people already on the team was not the answer. Most people who work in IT are not motivated by money. I mean, we like money, but we're not motivated by money. They're motivated by more interior things like solving complex problems, right? So I would ultimately pull out my, my ace card, right? And I'd simply say something like, you know, no matter how much money or people or equipment you add, 
it still will take nine months <laughs> to have that baby, right? Okay, to produce that product in this case, or service, or whatever we were working on. Now, to manifest anything requires time and timing. You sow in one season, you reap in a different season. And that's so true in any aspect of our lives. Dancing visionary and pioneer Martha Graham likens dancing to the art of living. And both, she says, require years of practice and development. In her autobiography, Blood Memory, Graham points out that we learn to dance by practicing dancing. And we learn to live by practicing living. She says, in dancing and in living, the principles are the same. Each is the performance of a dedicated, precise set of acts, physical or intellectual, from which comes the shape of achievement, the sense of one's being, the satisfaction of spirit. You know what? For dancing and for living, we learn what we need to know through practice, which requires thousands upon thousands of repetitions. In fact, the thousands of repetitions are the seeds we sow to reap the harvest of becoming a dancer. In daily living, you learn and master walking, talking, and feeding yourself over several years of practice, right? I mean, you learn to walk by practicing the basics. First, learning to crawl or scoot, right? And then pushing and pulling into the vertical realm to grasp the eager and encouraging hands of your parents or your sisters or your brother or a table leg or chair or anything else strong enough to give you the confidence to begin again after the inevitable triumph of gravity over your miniature yet ever-aspiring body. Practice is the act of doing something in some aspect of our lives over and over until the act becomes habit or instinct, so customary, so usual that it becomes integral, integral to your way of doing whatever you're practicing and then integral to your way of being, inextricably connecting what you do with who you are. I was just having a conversation the other day with a friend, and she said, you know, Gloria, in your writing, you write a lot about gratitude and faithfulness, right? And integrity and creative action and love and vision. And those are the same things we're talking about in terms of practice, right? We get good at gratitude. We get really good, okay, at loving. We get really, really good at being a person of integrity by practicing. Now, dancers learn to dance by practicing the fundamentals of their craft over and over and over again until they can move on to intermediate and advanced levels. 
Their training is designed to build, strengthen, shape, and hone their body's musculature, their reflexes, and memory. I remember because I was a dancer. (laughs) Now, I didn't train rigorously until I was in junior high school. And I'm telling you, you have to pound a lot of floors. You have to plant a lot of seeds to become a real dancer. Graham estimates that making a mature dancer takes about 10 years. This span of a decade in the dancer's training is analogous to the formative years of your life when you learn the fundamental tasks and assignments of living, right? The basic arts of relationship, nourishment, mobility, and possibility. As Graham reminds us, it is no small wonder that dance holds an ageless allure. For, she says, it has been the symbol of the performance of living. I love that. In your life's journey, or your life's performance, some of the most important questions that you grapple with may be questions about your performance in whatever sphere of life that holds the most prominence for you at the time. It could be questions about your work life, your family life, your faith life. It could be questions about your children, your health, your finances. Host these questions looking through the lens of the law of harvest. Host the questions as you would host a special guest in your home. Pay attention, but avoid hovering over them. Consider what you would like for your harvest to be. Then think about and be intentional about what seeds you plant. Not just here and there, not just with some things in your life, but with everything in your life. So ask yourself, what do I want? What do I want in my life? A new job? better health, more money, more friends, children who are loving and kind, or maybe for yourself, you want to be more generous or more grateful. Maybe you want to lose weight or have a better relationship, okay, with people on your team, people in your household, or maybe you want to reach out to your dad who you haven't seen or spoken to in 20 years. Maybe you want to learn a new skill or a new language, Maybe you have several small children under the age of seven and you simply want a quiet day, a quiet afternoon. Hey, just a few hours (laughs) that you can call your own. A few hours a week where you can have an adult conversation. What I'm sharing with you today about the law of the harvest will help you understand how to get whatever you want in your life. Again, if you want to get from point A to point B, it will help you get from wherever you are now to where you want to be. If you want any of those things that I just mentioned, remember that what you want does not just happen overnight. If you want a deep friendship, you've got to sew into that relationship, right? If you want to lose 20 pounds to fit into that suit or tuxedo or your beautiful dress for that special party, You've got to change your eating habits today. 
probably yesterday for most of us, right? You've got to start walking or jogging or running or swimming or, you know, getting on your elliptical, right? If you want to publish a book 12 months from now, you've got to start writing those pages today. And you got to keep at it tomorrow and the day after and the day after that. Okay, again, we're talking about sowing and reaping, right? Now, years ago, I read a book by Anne Lamont, one of my favorite writers. The book is called Bird by Bird. I pulled it off the shelf because I was intrigued by the title. Now, the title actually comes from a story about her younger brother. It seems that her younger brother had a knack for procrastinating, for putting things off, especially his homework. Her brother had an assignment to write a paper about birds, and he put it off and put it off until the day before the paper was due. Yikes. Well, now he was in a jam. So her little brother asked their dad for help, since he was kind of short on time, right? Now, aware of his predicament, the dad told the little boy that his homework was his to do. Well, the son pleaded with his dad and asked him how he was ever going to complete his homework assignment since it was already late and it was due the next day. Well, the dad looked lovingly at his little son and he said, Son, you will write and complete your paper. How? Bird by bird. (laughs) Now, a lot of us are like that, aren't we? We want what we want and we want it yesterday. We want it overnight, right? And oftentimes we want it without having to put in a whole lot of work, a whole lot of effort. And truth be told, sometimes we want what we want with no effort at all on our part. Now, people come up to me all the time and they say, you know, Dr. Gloria, I want to do what you do. I want to write a book. I want to teach. I want to coach. Oh, I want to be a speaker. I want to start my own business. Can you just tell me how you did it? In other words, they want what I have, but most of them don't want to put in the time I put in to get from here to there. They want the results, but they don't want the work, right? They want the harvest, but they don't want to go through the process. They don't want to do what's necessary in seeding and sowing and watering and nurturing and turning over the soil and going back again and checking and watering over and over again. Now, how many of you know that if you want to improve your serve in tennis or your pitch in baseball or your golf swing, you cannot improve your game overnight, right? If you have a a 2.5 grade point average, you can't slough off all year long and then wait until the very last week of school and write one bang-up paper to bump your GPA up to 4.0, right? If you want to fit into that lovely, you know, swimsuit you have when it's time to hit the beach, (laughs) you are going to have to begin to tone and maybe shed a few pounds weeks, if not months, before beach season arrives. Now, a lot of us love to make New Year's resolutions, right? And most of us love making those special promises. We all want to change our life or kick some kind of habit or achieve some kind of goal in our life. Now, most of you know that New Year's resolutions fizzle out after about three or four weeks, right? 
Why do we begin with a bang and end with a bust? We begin with lots of gusto and energy and effort, then over time we lose sight of our goal. We lose interest, or we don't see immediate results, or something else comes along to compete for that time, and gradually, bit by bit, we began to slack off. And before you know it, we aren't putting in the time or the effort anymore. No effort, no results, right? Or we get results, but not the ones we want, right? Now, health clubs know this better than anybody. They get their biggest spike in sales right after the new year. That's reaping. (laughs) And guess what? You're the harvest. Now, I sing in my church choir. And to prepare for special concerts, like special holidays, you know, like Christmas, we actually start preparing many, many months in advance. I mean, people come from miles around. Those who go to the church, those who don't go to the church, they love Christmas. And they love Christmas music. Some of these folks may only come to church once a year just to hear that beautiful Christmas music, right? So the folks in our worship ministry prepare our hearts out. The choir and the orchestra begin preparing for these Christmas concerts before summer is even over. And get this, the choir and orchestra directors actually begin listening to new Christmas music way back in the spring so that they can order music and be ready to rehearse that music when late summer arrives. So that when December comes, we can pour our hearts and souls into singing and playing those exquisitely beautiful Christmas songs that everybody loves to hear. You reap what you sow. We all know the saying that Rome wasn't built in a day. Or, big oaks from little acorns grow. Or, train up your child in the way he should grow, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. However you say it, however you express it, today is the mother of tomorrow. And it's all about the law of the harvest. If you've been listening to this podcast, or if you've heard me speak before, or if you've read any of my books, or taken any of my courses, you've heard me say this before. If you want authority over tomorrow, you must live with intention today. Why? What we think about today, we will give birth to tomorrow, or next week, or next month, or next year. How we live today shapes our tomorrow. So, as I mentioned earlier in the show, be mindful, be thoughtful, be choiceful about who and what you listen to, about the books and magazines you read, about what you watch on TV or the internet. Be mindful, be thoughtful, be choiceful about the images and photographs you have in your home and in your office, and what you post on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, and about what and who you allow to post on your timeline. Be mindful, thoughtful, and choiceful about who you spend time with in your personal and professional life. Because who you are in your daily life informs and shapes who you are as a leader more than any other single factor. 
How you live is how you lead. It's how you do everything. So we are talking about the law of the harvest specifically and sowing and reaping. All right. So if you want something to happen in your life, you must give something today. You must sow and plant seeds today. I want a beautiful backyard next spring, which means I must prune my roses in early and late fall. (laughs) It also means in early spring, I need to feed them, right? So that they will come back more vibrant, more robust than ever, right? Now, if I want a beautiful yard next spring, I have to rake and pick up the last of the fallen leaves so that the plants beneath them won't be smothered by the load. It means I have to put parts of the garden to rest so that next spring, tender shoots will push forth from the earth. Who we are today is a result of tending to the garden of who we are of who we spend our time with, what we spend our time reading, watching, eating, the images that we allow into our consciousness, what we think, right? All the things and people that we've been paying attention to, that we've been consuming and processing and metabolizing. We are the result of the people and opportunities that we have neglected as well. So all the people, all the things, all the circumstances that we have allowed into our life or not, all of those people, moments, events have shaped us, have formed us into who we are today. All right? Okay. Our topic today has been sowing and reaping. And we now know that anything you want to harvest, you must be very intentional about planting seeds for that harvest at the right time so that those seeds will germinate and grow. Every day matters. So, if you want to make a difference in your life, remember this, how you live is how you lead. And be sure to listen to this show again and again, and be sure to tell somebody. You can find me right here every single week on iTunes, Alexa, SoundCloud, Spreaker.com, Talk Network Radio, and so many other places. Now, if you happen to miss any part of this week's show or last week's, you can simply download the recording and listen to it at your convenience. You can even listen on the go. Check us out at talknetworkradio.com forward slash legacyliving.html. You can also find me and learn more about my work and Legacy Living Make Your Life Count by visiting the Gloria Burgess website or by visiting me on LinkedIn or Facebook. And you can find me on Facebook by going to facebook.com forward slash DR, DR for Dr. Gloria Burgess, PhD. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash DR. Gloria Burgess, Ph.D. Before I close today's show, I want to thank each of you for tuning in, for allowing me to share a bit about my journey with what Legacy Living is all about. 
not just living and learning, but living and learning and serving so that you make a difference in your own life and in the lives of others. It's about being on purpose every single day, 365, 24-7. Legacy living is a powerful way to make your life count. Once again, I want to thank you for joining me for today's podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria, Gloria Burgess, and this is Legacy Living, Make Your Life Count. Please join me again next time right here on Talk Network Radio for another show of Legacy Living, Make Your Life Count. Don't just count the days in your life. Make the days in your life count. That's what Legacy Living is all about. Have a fantastic day, and remember, make the days of your life count. God bless. That's our show today. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria, Gloria Burgess. I hope you'll join me again next time. Until then, don't just count the days in your life. Make the days in your life count. That's what Legacy Living is all about. Here's to you. Have a fantastic day and be sure to make it a yes kind of day. Remember to celebrate the music of your life. Make the days in your life count. Thank you.